right, let's dive in today. I am in the middle of a series that we're calling Divine Direction. And here's the funny thing. It wasn't even supposed to be a series. It was supposed to be one sermon that I preached. And I just got so many people saying, we need to hear that. And so we just, we're just keeping on going and probably we'll wrap it up next week. Uh, but I'm talking about divine direction. I'd love for you to go ahead and get your service guide out. Uh, always remember on Sunday morning, since we don't have screens here, uh, for those of you that are in person, we provide these Hills handouts and we have all the lyrics in there. But today we also have the scriptures and then, uh, some notes for you to take some fill in the blank. And so get those out. Let's get ready to dive in today. I'm really excited about this message. I can't wait to help you today because I know it's going to help you because it's helped me this week as I've prepped for it and prayed over it. Uh, God has just downloaded some things that I really need to hear in my life as well. And so uh, I'm excited about helping you. We've been talking about divine direction. And today I'm going to give you seven ways that God gives us divine direction. First of all, let me see who I'm talking to. How many of you need some direction in your life right now? All right, so good. We can keep on. Otherwise, we can go to Hardy's and get some breakfast, all right? We've talked for the past couple of Sundays on the first one. If you've got your notes, you can fill in the blank. We talked about prayer. One way that God gives divine direction is through prayer. You know, prayer is not us trying to talk God into what we want. Prayer is us getting in alignment with his will, with his plan, and with his kingdom. I would encourage you to pray. Instead of calling someone and fussing and cussing, start by praying. Start there. Start where, where Jesus wants us to start as a conversation with him. And I can tell you that if you pray the right way, he will direct you. Don't just pray. Pray his way. Uh, last couple of weeks, we've studied the Lord's prayer and he taught us how to pray. At the beginning of it, he said, when you pray, pray this way. Something I noticed this week that I'd never seen before as I was reading through the, the Lord's prayer again is this. Everything he says is either your or us. It's never me. There's not a me in it. It's your will be done. And then when he talks about here, he says us. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. I know some of y'all did not want to hear that this morning, but you needed to hear that. The cornerstones of prayer are this. Is this God's will? Will it help set up his kingdom? Will it display his power and will it give him glory? Those are the cornerstones. When you pray, pray within those four boundaries. Number two, another way that God gives us divine direction is through God's word, his word. Everybody say the word of God. I can't tell you the times that people will come and ask for direction and I will ask them, have you studied the scripture? Have you looked? And first thing I say is, have you prayed? Most times it's not really. Have you studied the scripture? Have you got in and tried to figure out what God's word is saying to you? Psalms 119 and 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Start there. Listen to me. The key to every situation is found in God's word. You will never walk through anything that God hasn't already put something in his word to give you direction. So start there. I want to help some of you from stumbling in the dark. You don't have to stumble in the dark because his word is a light and a lamp. Have you ever thought about the difference in those? Why would it say a light, a lamp, and then a light? It kind of sounds like the same thing, doesn't it? It's really not. 
You see that word lamp in the original language was a gas lamp. So it would be a, a wood burning or oil burning lamp. And you know that those don't shine very bright. You know, they don't give you a lot of direction. And so when he says, your word is a lamp to my feet, it only gives you a little bit of light just so you can take the next step, right? And so that is, that is significant of our walk by faith. You can't see very far, but because God is lighting, you just put one foot in front of the other. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you needed to hear that right there. Because some of you are wanting God to light it out 10 years down the road. You're wanting to see it way down there. But God only gives you enough light so you can put one foot in front of the other. But then he says that your word is also a light to my path. That word light is translated daylight. So you can see bright, just like we are today. So to my feet, I get a lamp. But to my way, I get clear. Can anybody tell me who the way is? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when I look to him, I can see where I'm going because he's already gone there. Can I get a big amen this morning? Come on, that wasn't a big amen, a big parking lot amen. Come on. There we go. God's word lights the path. Number three, the third way that God gives us divine direction is through the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes, write that down, the Holy Spirit. Maybe you were raised in a church that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. Well, we do. We talk about Holy Spirit a lot. If you've heard me say, some people treat Holy Spirit like that uncle that shows up at, at the family reunion. You don't ever quite know how he's going to show up or what he's going to do, you know. You know he's family, but you're a little worried about what's going to happen. But that's not the Holy Spirit that we serve. That's not the Holy Spirit that we invite into our life. Because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, John 14 and 16, will guide us into all truth. So you want divine direction? Pray for the Holy Spirit to be more a part of your life, listening to him, being guided and directed by him. Another scripture, Romans 8.16 says that the Holy Spirit confirms that we are children of God. Did you hear that? When you wake up in the morning, how many of you wake up some mornings and you don't feel like a child of God? Is that just me? Is that just the pastor today? Do you ever wake up and you just don't feel like a child of God? You're looking in the mirror You've made some mistakes. You've done some stupid stuff. You, you can't figure anything out. You're looking in the mirror. You're like, who am I? That's when the Holy Spirit will confirm with you and remind you that you are a child of God. And what father doesn't want to give their children good direction? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to confirm with you and bring peace in your life. Number four. How do I get divine direction? Godly people. Write it down. Godly people. One of the greatest ways that God has directed me in my life is by me surrounding myself with godly people. Now, these are not going to be in your notes because uh, the Lord laid this on my heart uh, a couple of days ago when these notes had already gone out to print. But I'm going to tell you the scripture references. If you're writing them down, Proverbs 27 and 9 says this, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is a fragrance. You know what I'm talking about? When that friend that you know wants what's best for you, and they give you counsel that you know is not for them, but it's for you, isn't this the most beautiful thing? Don't you feel comforted and cared for? Another scripture, Proverbs 13 and 20 says, 
Listen to this, especially you young folks. You ready? Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. (laughs) How many wish you'd have read that scripture at about 14 or 15, right? Walk with the wise and you'll become wise, but you associate with foolish people and you will get in trouble. Listen, I'm looking at some of you that need to make reevaluate some relationships because you've got people in your life that they're foolish. And I'm telling you, if you continue hanging out with them, you're going to get in trouble. Now, that doesn't mean you can't help them, but come on, be honest. It's hard to help a fool. Amen. Set an example. Be a good guide. Be a good standard. But you got to watch when they want to go out late at night and do dumb stuff. Come on. Hang out with people that are wise and godly. We all need people in our life that want God's will for us and they want what's best for us. The people that will encourage us. The people that will challenge us. I, I have some dear friends. I used to think I had a lot of friends and I found out I have a lot of associates and I have a few dear friends. You know who my dearest friends are? They are the people that will look me in the eye and say, you are incredible or you're an idiot. That's the people that I love having in my life. My wife and I have that same relationship. She calls me more an idiot than I call her. No, she doesn't actually. But we will check each other on things. You need those kind of people in your life. Look at Hebrews 10.24. Again, not in your notes. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. A good godly relationship will act like a spur to a horse. It spurs you on to godly things, to, to good things, to love and good deeds. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need good, godly relationships in our life because they will help us find divine direction. You know what else you need in your life? You need spiritual leadership in your life. That goes under those godly people. You need a pastor in your life. You need someone that, that some people you're looking to and go, man, these are the people that are, that are providing direction for me. Look at what Hebrews 13, 17 says. This is in your notes. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. That is my calling in life is to be a guide for you. You know, the word pastor means shepherd. It means it has two meanings. It means shepherd or to lead to pastor. That's where the word pastor comes from. So what that speaks to me is that, that my job is to make sure that I'm getting a word from the Lord that can touch as many people as possible. And I hope that what you hear on Sunday helps you on Thursday. Amen. That's my prayer is that what you're hearing today is going to help you on Tuesday. How many, how many Tuesdays your bad day? How many it's Wednesday? How many just have one on the calendar? This is going to be a bad day right here, okay? So whatever day that is, I hope that this helps you. And then it goes on. It says, give your pastors reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Look at your neighbor and say, I make my pastor joyful. Tell him. Say, I'm one of the, I don't do it out of sorrow. Ephesians 4 and 11. Look at this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. What's their job? Their responsibility, look in your notes, is to equip. Everybody say equip. 
equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. That word equip from the original Greek means to align, to align, to get in alignment. And so when I'm speaking here today or when you're taking the messages and you're talking about them in your small group throughout the week, the goal is for us to get aligned. So you need this aligning in, in your life. I know that I do. My pastors speak into my life, and, and it's amazing that they'll speak a word. And something is just said, it just, it just it gets me in line. It's a, it's a coaching moment. It's a prophetic moment. Number five, how do I receive divine direction from the Lord? Everybody still good? All right, good. How do I receive divine direction from the Lord? Dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. Job 33 and 14. It's in your notes. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He, he makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over the river of death. All throughout the Bible, you will see where God used dreams and visions to give people direction. Joseph and Daniel and Peter and Paul, they all had dreams that gave them direction. So I want to encourage you. I don't know, you may not be a person that's been taught this a lot, but I would encourage you to pay attention to your dreams. Pay attention. I'm not talking about a pizza dream, okay? But I'm talking about when you know. When you wake up the next morning and you know that was a spiritual dream. Well, how do I know that? It'll be more real than anything you've had. And you'll know, okay, there was something on that. Well, what do I do with that dream? I encourage everybody to keep a journal, uh, a journal where when you have a dream or you feel like God just spoke something to you, just write that down, put it there, and don't live your life according to that dream. You keep living your life and walking by faith, but it's amazing how many times something will happen in your life and you'll go back to that journal and go, man, I dreamed something that gave me direction on that. I, I hear, I have a story of a, of a guy that I know that had a dream and in it was an electric schematic, electronic schematic. He had this dream and a few years later he found that journal, pulled it out and it ended up becoming an inv- invention that now he is a multimillionaire and helping set up the kingdom all over the world because of a dream. So I encourage you, just write those things down. Keep a journal and watch what God does. Everybody good? Did I get a little spooky for y'all? Okay, good. Number six, how do I find divine direction? You ready for this one? Your calling. Your calling. Your purpose. Jeremiah 1 and 5, I quoted a moment ago when we were dedicating these babies. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. God, just like these little babies that we dedicated, God created each of us to accomplish something specific. And here's what I found. Your purpose will pull you. I'm going to say that again. Those of you watching online, your purpose will pull you. And I found that it's much better to be drawn than it is to be driven. Because you find people that are driven. Most people are driven by pain. They're driven by anger. They're driven by bitterness. They're driven by, I'll show them. It's much better to be a person that's drawn towards something. Well, your calling is pulling you. I will tell you that your calling will direct you. Listen to what God is doing. How were you created? How, how are you made up? 
You know, I said this a moment ago that it's not about you. We say it a lot around here that it's about him and them. However, listen to me, you do need to know yourself. You need to understand how you're made up. That's why when you go through our growth track, we give you the DISC test. We People take the Enneagram or life languages. This is, this is good to, to know yourself. John Calvin said this, without knowledge of self, there is no knowledge of God. So if you will get to know yourself better, you're going to know what you're called to do, and that will always give you divine direction. And finally, number seven. Everybody say, whew. Don't do that. That would hurt my feelings. And this is my favorite because I have relied on this all of my life. Number seven, the peace of God. How do I find divine direction? The peace of God. Look at this scripture. And I, when I was about 17 years old, I had a youth pastor, one of my mentors, that taught, read the scripture to me, and it was life-changing. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That word rule is translated like a judge making a ruling. Where a judge will say, yes or no. Guilty, not guilty. As an umpire, safe or out. That's what that word means. The peace of God to rule in my heart. Well, how do, how do I know? I call it that good old God gut feeling. You know what I mean. It's that thing that you get that just says, I think this is a good move. I think this is a good move. I, I've gone through all of them. I've, I've prayed about it. I've sought God's word. I've, I've listened to the Holy Spirit. I've, I've asked counsel from folks. I've, I've listened. If there's a dream or a vision, I've, I'm leaning to my calling. But finally, at the end of the day, you have to get to a place that you just have this thing in you that goes, yeah, yeah, this is the thing. Krista and I have this, this thing that we call it the, the California feeling where we will say, does this feel like California? And the reason we say that is because when we were first married, I had an invitation to go uh, to an event in California. And it was, it was something I'd wanted to do in a long time. It was a huge, big conference, and I was going to sing and speak and and uh, thousands and thousands of people. And man, I was, I was so excited about the invitation. I'd never been to California. And so Chris and I are going to get to travel together. And, but we both just had this feeling in our, in our hearts like, something's not right. So, remember, baby, just like, something's just, this feels weird. But man, it was California. It was going to make a lot of money and let's go do it. And so we jumped on the plane and went out. And it was the worst trip I've ever been on. Uh, it ended up costing us about $10,000. Uh, it was, and, and that's when we didn't even know what $10,000 looked like, you know. It, it was it was terrible. And we told ourselves, that was 26 years ago, we told ourselves, we won't do that again. And so to this day, we will look at each other and say, does this feel like California? This feel, it's that gut feeling. It's that peace of God that goes, don't, don't do this. I'm telling you, if you will learn to f- listen to that, it will save you from so much trauma in your life. I love what, what Jesus said, John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Did you know that God left you an inheritance? And part of that inheritance is peace. My peace I leave with you. 
I'm going away, but I'm leaving peace. I'm giving you peace. And here's what I found. That peace will guide me in uncertain times. When the world's going crazy and nobody knows what's going on. And when is all this stuff going to end? And who's going to be be voted in and, and what about this and what about that it's just turmoil or my kids gonna go back to school please when is work gonna start all this stuff i found that in the midst of all that that peace of god gives me direction say this with me his peace will prevail believe that come on how many received this word this morning you receive it let me pray for you lord i thank you so much for every individual that's here today I thank you, God, for our first-time guests that are here. I thank you for the folks that were just driving by and saw a crowd and wanted to figure out what's going on. I thank you, Lord, for uh, for those that are online that are joining us. And, and God, I pray that right now, in the midst of all of this turmoil and tragedy, that you would give direction. I thank you, God, that it is your will to direct us. It is it is your plan to guide us. You do not want us stumbling in the dark. I thank you for that today. God, I pray for those that are struggling right now with direction and needing guidance, that you would come alongside them, that you would whisper in their ears that still small voice, that that peace of God would just, they would feel the warmth of it and know what's the next step. I thank you for it today, Lord. I speak your peace over this parking lot in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. I hope this is going to help you this week. I want to give you an opportunity, though, today. If, you have, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today to make the biggest step you will ever make in your life. We learned last week that the power of God is the gospel. The power of God is the good news. And I've got good news for you today. Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ lived. He died. He resurrected. He ascended. And he sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. You today can become a child of God. Well, how do I do it? The scripture tells us it's very simple. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you shall be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, we're going we're gonna to help you today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Or maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus. You, you've been a follower, but you're not as, as close as it used to be. It's not as passionate as it used to be. I want to help you today. Why don't you just pray this prayer with me? Come on, Hills family. Let's pray it with them. Say, Lord Jesus, today I confess that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. I'm laying down everything I have at your feet. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my pride. I pray today that you would cover me with your love. Baptize me with your grace. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I am yours forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, Hills family. Let's celebrate these folks that just prayed this prayer today. Amen. Amen.